All right, touch the person next to you and just say, I'm all in. Just say, I'm all in. Come on, touch your other neighbor and say, are you? Are you all in? Are you all in? <laughs> the gospel of Jesus Christ, the word of God, um, the gospel, that's Greek for good news. How many knows that Jesus is good news? It's celebratory. You know, he paid a price that we don't have to pay. That's partly it. And the, from, you know, from the book of uh, Matthew all the way through the book of Revelation, literally is the good news that Jesus came into the world, paid a penalty of sin that you and I don't have to pay, and that we're free and that we're redeemed and we're not going to hell. We get to go to heaven, not by our works, but by our faith in him. And having a relationship, I'll talk about that in just a moment, but having a relationship with him. And so you do not have to take the gospel of Jesus Christ and beat somebody over the head with it. Come on, someone say amen. Some of us come from backgrounds where we were told and, you know, you got to get them any way necessary. You know, beat them up, get them there, whatever, drag them in. You know, they're going to hell. I remember sitting my, all my friends down, so my, my, my opening statement was, you're all going to hell. How many knows that was not a good statement and it didn't end good either? Come on. I tried my best. It, that's a whole other story for another time. And, um, but we get like that because we, we want to we wanna, we wanna, we wanna beat them up because we, we know what's good for them. How many, how many, how many um, when you were a kid, see, my mother did not believe, uh, I said this on Thursday, my mother did not believe in spankings. I never got a spanking from my mom at all. I got whoopings. Whoopings are completely different than spankings. How many know I'm talking about? Now, I know some of y'all liberals don't want to talk about how you beat the kids, but you know, every now, you've got to be honest, you do beat them kids sometimes. And I got, I'm talking about, how many remember getting whipping when you were a kid? I'm talking about good old-fashioned 1975 kind of whooping. I'm, on, I'm talking about you didn't care if a camera was on you. Nobody cared. Neighbors didn't care. They were happy that you got the beating. Come on, somebody. Yeah, get that kid. Get, that, get him. Had my eye on him all week. Come on. Be honest about it. Back in those days, neighbors could whip you. I mean, they, and then we got home and the neighbor whipped you and they found out about it. You got another whipping for it. Come on. For embarrassing the, your mom and dad. I mean, we were, everybody got whipped back in those days, right? And I mean, back in those days, it didn't matter what it was. My mother was a convenience whipper. If she couldn't find a belt, she found whatever was necessary. Spoons, spatula. Spatula was bad news. Extension cord. I know this sounds terrible, but it used to happen. I'm talking about, you probably don't remember this, and that, there used to be racing track. When you're a kid, little you run the cars on, you know the rubber racing track? Oh my God. I still, I have bad dreams about racing track to this day. And then my, my grandmother, I got one whipping this way. She said, boy, go out there and pick me a switch. I said, what? You go get, your, get a switch. And I went out there, man. I picked the wimpiest thing you could possibly find. Because a good, a good switch will get you one lash. It's actually two lashes. Because you get whack and then it swings around the leg. It's a little snap on the end of it. How many know what I'm talking about? Oh, my God. And my mother used to beat me. And she would beat me. Now, she's horrified when I say these stories now. But it's true. Don't let her, don't let her kid you. She beat me. And she used to beat me with the windows open. Come on, somebody. On summer... And all your friends are out in the street cracking up, laughing at you, <laughs> laughing at you, getting it because you can't, oh, you're screaming. Oh, yeah, the whole thing, right? And um, my mother used to beat me in syllables. <laughs> Don't you ever, never, how many know I'm talking about? Get on preaching about, I said never, never, ever. She got so mad she couldn't come up with no words. Just never, ever, never, never, ever, ever. I tell you, don't you ever. I mean, she couldn't. She was just too mad. She couldn't come up with words. But she got the whipping in, though, boy. She got that whipping in. Amen. And she would say things like this. Son, I'm only doing this because I know what's good for you. 
I never believed that. And people, when you beat them over the head with the word of God, they don't believe it either. So there's got to be another way. Religion, religion will, will beat you up. Religion doesn't like um, relationship. Matter of fact, it's, it is anti-relationship. Religion will beat you into submission, and its primary function is to work you from the outside in. It wants to try to change you from the outside to the inside. But Jesus is not a religion. Somebody say amen. He's not. He's a relationship. He's a real life uh, man who happens to be the son of God that you can talk to every single day of your life. And he starts from the inside and purges you from the inside out. So man and religious uh, functioning ways that men do things, and they try to do it scripturally, but it's actually religion, really wants to try to change you from the outside. Amen. So we say, you know, don't get them tattoos because, you know, that's, that, that looks, that's, that, that's of the world and all that kind of stuff. Uh, but I know, I, know, I know people that don't have tattoos on the outside, but inside they hate God's people, can't stand, cussing everybody out, got anger problem, issue with lust. Y'all don't want to talk to me. And so now we're trying to judge the book by the cover or the outside of the cup. And Jesus said, you're so worried about washing the outside of the cup. It's not the outside you need to be worried about. It's the inside that needs to get washed. Amen, somebody. And so, so we don't, we don't, we want people to change, but only God does the change. Real tra change and transformation comes from the inside out. And that's a special thing that only is reserved for God. So there's something inside, there's something inside every believer, no matter how many issues you've got. And that thing that's inside of you as a believer is called the Holy Ghost. And the Holy Spirit lives up inside of you. And wherever you go, he goes. That's why Jesus said, he'll never leave you nor forsake you. you are, he said, no, you're not. You're the temple of the Holy Ghost. Everywhere you go, he goes. So when you came to church this morning, Jesus showed up. The Holy Spirit came with you. When you go to work tomorrow, the Holy Ghost is going with you. Come on, somebody. When you go out to eat this afternoon, the Holy Ghost goes with you. When you go to the porn store, the Am I telling a lie? Because wherever you go, he goes. And when you get a revelation of that, it will change the way you do your business. Because you're looking out your eyes and he's also looking out your eyes. Amen. <laughs> no matter how much of a tangled mess you got your life into, Jesus can untangle it. That's his business. That's what he does best. And he'll, he'll set the captive free. And let me tell you something about Jesus. He's not afraid of a mess. And he's not afraid of chaos. He does his best work in things of chaos. He knows exactly. You know, when we look at something and we see a, a, like an extension cord or whatever or a string, it's all balled up. And, oh, how about those Christmas lights? All balled up. We go, oh, no. And we don't know which to pull. We make it worse. Jesus knows exactly which one to pull. And everything will come loose. That's what he does in our lives. And we've got to allow him not to judge our brother and sister but allow the Lord to work on them to get them convinced to let them know that he's going to make them something they've never been before he can untangle your mess amen and I don't know about you but I love miracle moments I love things done quick I like I like things done and over with if I got a sickness I do not want to suffer for a week with a cold come on somebody say amen I want to take I get on the internet what do I got to take what do I got to take I'll take everything I got I'm done I don't want this anymore come on amen and whatever it might be, I want, I want to be, I want a miracle. I, I want something to happen now. If I got a financial need, I don't need to be waiting a year, God. I need something today to happen. Amen. But here's what I found out. 
I can tell you that with Jesus, it's more about the journey than it is about those little miracle moments. He wants to know something. Are you willing to go for the long haul? Or are you just going to be short-term, short-lived? Get what you need like those other nine lepers. Only one came back because one was in it for the long haul. One knew what he really got. The others took advantage of a situation. And they weren't willing to give him all the praise. I've seen so many people start off strong in the Lord. I'm not talking about a couple. I'm talking about hundreds of people over the last 30 years that served God and no longer served the Lord. And I'm going to be honest with you. I'm not trying to judge them. I'm just trying to tell you that the truth of the matter is just by, I've been doing this so long, is that somewhere they gave up. Somewhere they needed God to come through with something and he wasn't quite fast enough. And they thought, if I don't get my miracle, I'm done with you, God. And next thing you know, that's all, that was their attitude and that's exactly what happened. I'm not here. If God doesn't change the situation tomorrow, I'm still going to praise him. I'm still going to serve him. I'm still going to obey him. I told God, I said, Lord, when I was a young preacher, I said, Lord, if nobody gets saved, I still believe in salvation and I'm still preaching. If nobody gets healed, you're still a healing God. You got to make up your mind. Are you in it for the long haul? Are you in it for the short journey or the long journey? Because church, it's your walk with God. It's your walk with God day in and day out that produces those amazing miracles in your life. Instead of looking for the miracle, and saying, Lord, I need you to give me this. Just look to him. I want our church to understand. We want this move of God to continue. And I'm glad. I'm grateful for what God is doing in this house. And I'm actually very grateful that it's not going super fast. It's going slow. It's moving ahead just right at the right time. It's doing because we're, I've seen so many revivals. You study revivals out. And you'll see revivals come. They blow in. They blow up. And then they blow out. They come, they are explosive, and everybody's getting touched and healed, and within two years, it's wrapped up, and usually the church that started the revival, it comes to nothing, and just a handful of people left in the church. It's like locusts coming, and just taking, taking care of the crop, and then tearing off, flying away. I don't want that. God doesn't want that. I want it to be a journey. I want to be a walk with God, moving at his pace, doing what he wants. I want to see God sustain this move of God from 10 years from now. We're still enjoying the river that flows in this house of healing, salvation, deliverance, and restoration. And it is a sound. Everybody say it's a sound. It's a particular sound. Not everybody likes that sound. That's okay. Before it's all said and done, everybody's going to want it. They're just not used to it. And so we, we have to understand that. So if I was in it for the short burst, that short little, you know, make something happen real quick and, and that's it, then, then, then we probably wrap this thing up in the next six months. But that's what I'm looking for. I want this thing to be a walk with God, a sustained journey with the Almighty. So if we're going to continue this, guys, and we are, then we got to learn how to walk with him every day because every day counts. Don't think I'll do it tomorrow. Today is the day of salvation. Now faith is, the Bible says. you got to move out now in, in this thing and walk with him and just talk with him. And he'll begin to reveal things to you. Because one of the revelations that we need is that salvation is not the end of a thing, but it's actually the beginning of something new. In other words, sometimes we focus on salvation and say, well, that's the end of my old ways. Thank you, Lord, for saving me from all that garbage that I went through. Now I get to go to heaven. 
there's truth to that, but that's not the fi final story. Yes, it's an end of my old ways, but it's the beginning of something precious and new, and that's called a walk with God or a journey with God day to day, learning more of his ways instead of going to God and saying, Lord, fix my problem. You know what God did today? God did something sovereign here. I don't see many miracles. Oh, no, no, no. You don't get it. You don't get it. Something sovereign happened. We didn't ask him for anything today. All we did was give to him what he deserves, and you watch what happens to you this week. You watch what God does. We did it by faith. We entered in by faith. And we gave, instead of saying, God, do this for me, why don't we ask God, Lord, what can I do for you? Saying, Lord, I need you to know what I'm going through. I would say, Lord, what are you going through? What do you, I want to know you more. What is it you, I need to know more about you. How do you think? How do you, how do you uh, deal with this, uh, these situations? Um, how do you cause this to happen or that to happen? The Holy Spirit will begin to show you who the Father is and what he's capable of doing. That's called a relationship, man. Relationships always go south, especially between a man and a woman, when there's no more communication. When the communication is broken, it's sad to say, but within months to years, to maybe a few years, it's going down the tubes and it's going down fast because we no longer have a relationship. Well, I love them, but we just don't talk anymore. We just don't have, how many times have we heard this over the years, right? So that's our number one thing we must protect by saying, I'm all in. I'm all in because he's all in with me and I want to learn his ways. And as I understand my Bible, and just my own personal walk with God, transformation of a life that maybe ha that you didn't like or hate or has brought you pain or locked you into a cycle of abuse does not happen. That transformation does not happen at the moment of salvation. It happens in the moment that you begin to renew your mind with the word of God. Let me just drive this home right here, right now. We are moving in the realm of the spirit like we never have before. And he's stirring something in us, isn't he? Our life is not perfect, but we can feel the, the moving of the spirit of God in our lives. And there's a desire there's, that wasn't quite there uh, two, three, four months ago. Now it's there. And we want to go further with him, right? So that's by the spirit. But if we don't mingle the spirit with the word of God, there will only, will know, will, will come into his presence and will always want to have more of him, but will not know more of him without introducing the word of God into our life. It's got to be the spirit and the word. Because knowing, I've seen people listen to me very carefully. I'm going to tell the truth and shame the devil. I have been upset because there's people in this room, uh, I don't know if they're in the room or not, but in this church, that have given me testimonies and God has rocked your world in such a great way and you've seen God move and do some great stuff and I'm so happy for you and that's exciting. And then the next time I see you, face hanging down to the floor, crying, upset, mad, whatever you do. And I've seen, I don't know why I'm seeing this by many people. I'm saying, what in the world? They just were on top of the world. God was doing so much for them. What's going on? Let me tell you what's going on. You lack the word of God in your life. If it's all spirit without the word, you'll never learn to renew your mind to what God really thinks and what God really wants. He always speaks through his word. That's a, you can count on that. When you're in prayer, he'll speak to you, but not always. You don't always hear his voice, but you will always 
always, always hear his voice when you pick up his word and introduce it into your life and start saying, I don't have to be like this. The joy of the Lord is my strength. And I choose joy. And I choose peace. And then whatever the word God says, my healing, by his stripes, I'm healed. Right? So I don't live by my emotions. And if we're going to continue with this, what God's called us to do, we're going to have to get people disciples. So one of the things God spoke to me that I've got to do is start having discipleship courses and classes that we can all renew our faith. And those of you who have never been, taken that before, you will need to know what the word of God says about you and about your life, taking your authority. Some people just don't know how to do that. We're going to teach you how to do all that stuff. It won't be on a Sunday morning. It won't be on a Thursday night. But we'll have a special class where you can get all that information and learn and grow. And let me tell you something. You're going to get so fired up. You think you're radical now. You think you're fanatical now. When you start getting that in your spirit, your foundation, oh, my God, you're going to go nuts. And the, the, the devil, will he'll come. And I'm going to tell you something. When he comes, he's going to know he's dealing with a mature child of God and he can't pull your emotion strings any longer. And when you say, I bind you, devil, he's bound. That's it. Amen, church. Everybody say, I'm all in. I'm all in. So <clears throat> the word of God acts as a cleansing agent. Ephesians 5.26 says this, that he might sanctify and cleanse her, speaking of God, sanctifying and cleansing the church with the washing of water by the word. So every time the word comes in you, it's like God taking water and scrubbing out the things that don't belong there anymore. He's cleaning us, cleansing us, getting us better. And I'm gonna say this. Our challenge is not living. People know how to live or they can figure it out. Our challenge is dying. Let, let me just qualify this. Galatians 2.20 says, I have been crucified with Christ, Paul told the church. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. My relationship is predicated on two things, faith and love. I love him, so I walk in faith. And then the third part of this is that I recognize that if I really want to experience God in my life, I can't live for me anymore. That, that, that's, that's the thing that, this is where I'm going to lose some of y'all. This is where some of y'all are going to go, go back to the funny story about getting beat by your mom. Because that's, that's what we do. That's funny. But this is the real stuff. This is where we got to get to right here. We got too many people that are always living for themselves, especially in the body. I get the world does that, but the body of Christ does it just as much as the world. We want what we want, when we want it, how we want it. Nobody's going to tell me I can't. You know how we know we got flesh in you? When an usher goes, hey, can you move down a couple seats or can you come forward a little bit? Been going to this church for five years. This is my chair. We know your flesh is still alive. Oh, y'all don't want to talk to me. Amen. Because we, we, want, we want what we want, how we want it, when we want it, right? We all want that. By the way, I'm not any different. I don't like to be told that either. I may not like it, but I, I will comply because that might be just the way they handle their business in the church or whatever, or visiting, whatever. That's what they're going to do. That's what they're going to do, right? No sense of being upset or offended by it. But 
Truth of the matter is, it shows me that my flesh is alive and well. That's just one little thing. Getting caught in traffic. Come on, somebody. Be praying in the spirit. In the Holy Ghost. Come on, somebody. And somebody cuts you off. You're using language, but it ain't the Holy Ghost language. You find out how much flesh you actually have. It's sad. But Paul said, I'm crucified with Christ. It's not I who lives, but, but Christ who lives in me. If I held a conference, guys, I can't wait, man. Next um, May, we're going to have a conference. Oh, and by the way, we're going to have our 20-year celebration. Oh, we're going to have a big time, y'all. We're already planning a 20-year celebration in May. Oh, it's going to be big. I got guest speakers coming. It's going to be powerful. Um, but uh, let's say I had a conference in May. Oh, guys, I changed it up. We're not going to do 20-year celebration. We're going to have cake and some fun and things popping. All this is going to be great. But the Lord spoke to me and said, we're going to have a dying to self conference. I wonder how many people would show up. I'm all excited. Oh, man, we're going to get radio ads. Everybody's going to be coming out. Die to yourself conference. My, my slogan is time to die. You know, I mean, how many people do you think would show up to that event? I think you have dying to self at the very end, right above prayer. <laughs> I'm going to talk like it's real because it is. And both are probably the most necessary things we must do as Christians, disciplines we must have as Christians, and it's the least thing that's ever done by people who call themselves a believer in Christ. And it's a challenge. You know why it's a challenge? Because the devil don't want you praying. So he'll distract you. He's going to try to get your focus. He's going to make you upset, get under your skin, make mad, uh, get you hungry, get you angry, hangry, was hangry, hangry, come on. So you won't show up, whatever it might be. He's going to do what he's got to do. Then your mind, the Bible says, is an enemy to your spirit. So it's always working against you. Your mind don't want to do it. And your flesh don't want to get up and do nothing. All you got is the Holy Spirit and your spirit. And somehow that's enough. And when you make up your mind and say, we're going to do what the spirit of God says, that's when everything folds into place. But if you let your mind make up your mind, and not your spirit make up your mind, or if you let the devil make up your mind, or the circumstances, you'll never do it, and you'll have less and less power in your life. So he says, man, if you want more of him, you got to have less of yourself. That's why, that's why John said, John the Baptist said, I must decrease, and he must increase. Paul said in 1 Corinthians 15, 31, I affirm by the, by the boasting in you, which I have in Christ Jesus our Lord, I die daily. Jesus said in Matthew 10, 38, and he who does not take up his what? His cross, that's, that's an implement of death, and follow after me, he is not worthy of me. Wow. Another scripture Jesus said, you must deny yourself. That's what it means to die to self, is to deny your flesh. Everybody wants to put their two cents there. Everybody wants to, you know, get, get going and talking about somebody, putting them down, gossip and slander. Goss you know, the Bible says God hates a lying tongue and slander. Y'all, he didn't even say a thief. He didn't say he hated a thief. He hates people. Now, he said hey, he hates it when they slander with their tongue another individual. And we do it so we can lift ourselves up, so we have more self in us than we have Christ. But when you, here's the deal. When you've been lied about enough and you've been attacked enough in your life, you know what will happen to you? You get a little more empathy in your heart for somebody else. 
And when they start telling you a story, you know what you'll immediately do? You'll start defending the person almost, almost automatically going, you probably don't know the whole story. Amen? We've got to protect each other. We gotta, even if they're doing wrong, we, we deal with it in the proper channels. The Bible says if one offends you, go to that person. Not behind their back, but to them. You deal with it. Amen? And that's another indication how you know your flesh is still alive and well. So if I die, the Bible says Christ will live. So dying is all about letting go of what you want or what you think you want. Isn't it interesting? I'm going to close with this thought. But isn't it interesting that we think that the thing we're holding on to is the thing that's actually making us happy? In my little life, I have found out that the thing I'm holding on to the hardest is making me more miserable than it's making me happy because I want it in my control. And I hang on to it with all of God because it's making me happy. It's making me happy. And it's making you sad, angry, frustrated, upset, all those other things, right? Why? Because truth of the matter is, is that many times it's in the letting go of that thing that brings the peace and the freedom. You know, if that person, amen, if that person that you're dating is supposed to be in your life, you ain't got to hold on with all you got. I'm a whole, I'm, I'm believing God. Uh-huh. That's why you got to call, check up, blow up his phone all the time, find out where he's at. Where you at? Where you at? Where you at? Where you at? What's going on? Huh? How can we talk? Who inboxed you? Who inboxed you? Who was that? Right? You're hanging out with all you got, and they're making you miserable. I have learned when I release it and I die to it. How does a seed grow, and how does a seed produce fruit? It goes into the ground and it does what? It has to die. You ever heard the word germination? Germination means the seed dies. It literally dies. And in death, it's resurrected and becomes something greater than it was. So the more you're willing to let something go and trust God in that and walk away from it, he has the ability to resurrect. He said, I'm the resurrection and the life. He breathes upon that thing and it comes back to life in a far greater dimension. I've done this in my life where it's been painful to let things go. But I had to trust him anyways. And when I trusted him, Many of you know our story about going to Madison, Wisconsin. We thought God wanted us to birth the church there. And truthfully, he did send us there. But it didn't do what we thought it was supposed to do. Because God had Milwaukee on his mind. But what he wanted me to do was learn the process of what it felt like to not have what I wanted and have to trust solely in him. And we dug in deep and we got in the word and we got in prayer. I mean, when you, when you were put in a place, it's either run from him or run to him. And I knew I couldn't run from him. So I ran to him with everything I got, everything I had at the time, and he began to reveal to me. And then I had a vision about this in Milwaukee. Didn't have a clue about y'all. Didn't have a clue about coming to Milwaukee. Not a clue. I was minding my own business in, in Madison. That's where God, we felt God called us to. And it wasn't that at all. And I literally said, Lord, I have to trust you. And the devil's screaming in my ears saying, don't do it. You'll have another failure. You can't have two failures. Be, you'll be done. Your ministry will be over with you. have two failures. And I, I, mean, I had to deal with all that, you know. And so I let it go. And look what the Lord has done. Look what God has done. 
because we're willing to let it go die to it. And now I'm around some of you all, the greatest people on planet Earth as far as I'm concerned, definitely the most incredible people I've ever met. And you guys know that this thing is very unique and special, what he's doing. And, and I'm just here to tell you, whatever's going on in your life, you have to say, I'm all in, Lord. If I gotta let this thing go, this relationship, this idea, this, this job, this, this, um, this uh, uh, endeavor, um, I, whatever, this network I'm involved in, whatever it might be, Lord, I do it for your glory. I, I'm so frustrated I can't sleep. I'm not eating well. I'm eating too much, whatever the case might be. And I got to let it go and I got to trust you. And he will be putting his hand, I'll tell you, he'll produce a harvest in a greater degree than you ever thought possible. No, I didn't have what I wanted in Madison, but I had something greater than I ever would have got had I stayed in Madison. He knows. He knows. Amen.